UMGoBlue.com. By fans, for fans. Since 1999. Hello, this is Phil Callahan along with... Andy Anderson. And welcome to this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. Tonight we're going to talk about Michigan's resounding 51-14 victory over the University of Central Florida, UCF. Uh, well, Andy, what did you think about that one? Well, it was another fine victory. The team did very well. You know, I, I was a little bit worrisome that they, but the tailbacks couldn't run the ball uh, in the middle. You know, when when the game first started, they were getting stuffed all the time uh, because uh, Central Florida. Went all out to stop the run, and they pretty well did for most of the game. We played play action and beat them heavily, and it was certainly nice to do that, Scott Frost. I uh, haven't got many warm feelings for the man. Well, definitely can understand that with his history at Nebraska and his uh, impassioned pleas that helped. Garner uh, a split national championship for for Nebraska back in 1997. Um, You know, it was interesting that Central Florida sold out to stop the run. Um, And and I guess when you look at that, you know, we have to consider them a limited team, meaning that they weren't going to be able to shut Michigan down in, in all facets of the game. So they basically made a decision that the run wasn't going to beat them, which, which is kind of interesting considering uh, Michigan's uh, passing attack, which is, which is pretty potent. Um, you know, one thing that surprised me was that really if you look at this game, it really got out of hand because of special teams and special teams failures for UCF. And... And listen, I mean, I, I'm really glad Michigan dominated Hawaii last week, and I'm really glad Michigan, you know, had a pretty nice victory here against UCF. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know what we have. Um, you know, and, and I guess the, the the thing, the the thought that comes to mind is cotton candy. That, you know, it's nice, it's sweet, it's an occasional treat, but it's not going to sustain you. And, and that's kind of how I, I felt about both of these games. Um, you know, what do you think? Well, I, I worry about that, too. I especially worry about stopping our quarterback from running all over the field. They had four bad plays. There four long ones. That 67-yarder goal that uh, the uh, uh, UM Go Blue photographer was right down there on the field and he caught a hole there, had a series of pictures on it, uh, when that long run, 67-yarder, uh, got broke. So that came into play, too, but you got to play over those things. I, I didn't think that they, that they on those four plays, where the, where the quarterback scrambled also, that they held the positions that they, they stayed, that they played assignment football. At that point in time, what you have to do, you have to hold your hold your stations, do what you're told, stay put, not overchase, not get uh, too aggressive. Sometimes aggression isn't the answer to everything, 
But I think they're a sound football team. I think they're going to take on anybody that they come up against and give them a game. Whether Michigan has got the stuff to be the winners that we want to compete in the East and do all the things that we want them to do this year is still to be determined because they've had a cotton candy schedule. There's no question about it. But it's been good in a couple of respects. You've got a lot of new people in there, and some of these new people have talent, so they've gotten some game experience, all to the good. So we'll see where it rides from here. they got to play better than they have played to beat the likes of Colorado, and on down the line it just gets progressively tougher. So it's going to be the most interesting year in my memory, and I certainly am looking forward to not missing a minute of it. You know, the, the thing that I took away from these games is, first, as you said, a lot of freshmen got some important playing time. Um, second, we have avoided the injury bug, at least at least that we know of. Now, we know that Jordan Lewis has been held out, and Harbaugh is being cryptic about exactly what, what's going on with him. But we haven't gotten the impression that it's a long-term injury. Um, you know, the impression I got is that pretty much they know that they didn't need him these first, you know, couple of games, and they wanted to make sure that he's back. Um, same with Taco Charlton. Um, it looks like Brian Monet may be out for the first quarter of the season or the first third of the season. But um, when I think about critical injuries, I really look at the linebacker core because that is the area that we are um, we don't have a lot of depth in. Um, and, and, and looking at that, you know, the worst thing that could have happened is have two or three linebackers go out, um, and, and that's not the case. Um, you know, you have Mike McRae, who's, who's putting together a decent season, who's been dinged up in past years. So, uh, again, it's nice to see him him performing. Um, you know, the concerns I have on defense is um, – Jabril Peppers is all over the place, and you know he's definitely living up to his billing as as a game changer. Um, but you know, I look at that and I go, you know, he's all over special teams, he's all over defense. Um, he, he's helping fill that gap um, coming up and and playing a, a pseudo linebacker in Don Brown's aggressive scheme. And and boy, there's sure there's sure a lot of weight on him right now. And that that is one that is one concern that I have. What do you think about what we've seen on defense so far? Well, I think I think they've, they've got a lot of talent and they've had a lot of a lot of injuries this year already. Well, maybe around is not good. Well, one guy that I want to draw attention to that I haven't mentioned any place didn't mention him in the article didn't mention him um, any place at all is Glasgow. Uh, Ryan, he's uh, he's a force in there. He's playing some good football, and he should get credit for it. I think he has an enthusiasm and a toughness uh, that you don't find all over the place. And I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he's healed. And I'm glad he's going 100%. Uh, there's Rashawn Gary, and Gary got a chance to play his game. He got some sacks and uh, uh, made six tackles, three solo. In fact, there are three or two other players made six tackles. 
which is all of the good. That is a good pass defense. The uh, defensive backfield, even Lewis, has, has been good. And he's hurt again, you know. He's got a different uh, ollie. He had a hand at first in this last time they talked about a strained muscle, a muscle strain. So can, they continue to keep him out. It's wonderful that they have the luxury of doing that because you and I both remember a day when they had to stick the guy in there uh, and risk him even when he wasn't 100% ready to go, and that's not happening now. That's that's a step in the right direction. Well, and one thing that I mentioned there, Andy, just to interrupt for a second, is is that you know it's very fashionable to malign uh, Brady Hoke in the wake of of Jim Harbaugh these last two years, but the you know when Harbaugh came in the cupboard was not bare, and I think that you know that definitely has helped um, you know helped the program rebound rebound and, and definitely I mean the coaching has definitely helped but uh, again you know we talked about your Bill Peppers that was a Hoke recruit. And you know, and I'll tell you, we look back and you look at how amazing Peppers has been, and we heard about it. We didn't see it. You know, he practiced hoax last year, and, and he was dinged up and wasn't ready to go. And, and you look yeah. and you and you wonder. You really got to give Hoke credit because, on one hand, you know that he knew his job was on the line. And yet he resisted, put, you know, pushing Peppers to play when he wasn't ready. And and you could, you could definitely imagine a world where Peppers would have made the difference in two or three, you know, additional wins. Um, but but again, you know, you mentioned Rashawn Gary, and he is a a beast and, and a pleasure to talk with. I mean, you know, a really yeah. great representative of the program. Um, so so that's good to see. I mean, you can really see the program repl- the, the program replenishing itself, um, and, and things look good on defense. I will tell you, again, my concern is how reliant we are on Peppers on defense and, and the linebacker, you know, core in general, the depth there. Um, you know, on offense, uh, you know, you mentioned the inability to run, and yeah, a lot of that is that UCF was stacking the box, but... I, I have some lingering concerns on offensive line right now. Um, you know, well, you're not the lone ranger in that. Everybody does. Yeah, I mean, now understand that this is nothing like the the, the crap storm that we saw under Brady Hoke at offensive line. Um, you know, the, the line definitely seemed better. Um, you know, my problem, you know, for most of Hoke's tenure was the offensive line really looked uh, fundamentally poor, you know, bad fundamentals. Um, it, the, the problems I'm seeing last game and this game, um, you know, despite the, the great, you know, uh, uh, performance and offenses, you know, this game, Spade got banged up a little bit. I mean, they really, you know, didn't protect him very well. There were some fundamental breakdowns of technique, um, and again, you know, this is what the this early season is for. But I have some concerns about you know where we are as far as how sturdy the offensive line is. Absolutely, uh, 
we know that on more, on many days that they can pass block pretty well, but they got they'll use with a lot of uh, blitzes and stuff like that. And uh, uh, I think it was good for them. I think that that they learned a lesson and gained some experience, and I I think that was a good game for them in that respect. Not that anybody got whacked because it was a tough ball game. What did you think, Frost, saying that that uh, his team? I think they got out hit. I don't know if they out hit anything. You know, you look at that, and you know he—he's a, a okay, not a super experienced head coach. And you know, you, you got to say something. You want to say something positive that your team can build on. Um, I, I think that will go down in the annals of of press conferences as not the best quote ever. Um, and again, what do you say? I mean, you lo- you get rocked, and you know you lose fifty-one to fourteen, and then you can go back and say that one of those touchdowns probably shouldn't have happened, or you know if if a flag gets thrown, um, you know if if a referee is is you know looking at the right thing, um, you know again the reality is you're outscored by a ton of points. You're never really in the game. You know what do you say? So I, I always. I always sit back and, you know, and the same thing for, for Coach Harbaugh or, or any of the other players or anybody. It's like, what do you expect them to say? And did they say anything different? Well, yeah, he said you know, definitely that was something that I didn't expect. I mean, there's not a lot of positives that you can take out of that. You know, you can rip on the, the coaching cliches all you want, but there's a reason they're cliches. And, you know, really what they need to take from this is that, um, you know, I, I will give them credit. That defense did not let up. They were they were they they were not successful, but they did not let up. I mean, they were not dragging out there. They did not hang their heads, and they they really went after it. Um, yeah. And, and I think that you could say again as we as we flip over and look at the UCF side. I don't think that that the coach lost them during the game. You know, they they put up a decent fight. And you know, remember that Michigan kind of stalled in the third quarter. I mean, there was there was a little bit of malaise that 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 set in, and I think part of that is that UCF came you know came out of halftime, made some adjustments. Now they were never a threat on offense. I mean, and I think that's the big the big thing you need to look at is that Michigan's defense has the potential to really to really shut people down. Um, you know, one of the concerns I have is that you know we're blitzing all over God's green earth. And you know that uh, that sometimes comes back to bite you. I, I know that that Coach Brown, you know, likes to say that you solve all your problems with aggression. Um, I think you also create a lot of opportunities for a talented opponent. Um, what do you think about the the the, misma- the mix mishmash of blitzes that we saw that we've been seeing so far? Well, I think the Michigan defense will get better all the time, but I'm not sure that the big plays that were broken, the four of them, aren't something that you sometimes uh, can expect that kind of thing when you're using such aggressive packages all the time. And these guys will get better as they blend together, as they play together more, 
We had a lot of substitutions all the time, and some new guys learning. Those linebackers, you can really consider everything but gotten um, uh, inexperienced there because the rest have not played much. Winovich substituted for Paco, and it was his first game. He got very emotional. I, got, I read that he got very emotional about that. After being switched around to three different locations, three different positions over over the years, his time there it was his first start, and he did pretty well. And he says he doesn't care whether or not they want to start him the next time. If they got somebody better, they should use him. And he's not going to worry about it. Just continue to contribute 100%. So when any opportunity is there, it's going to be there. And remarkable attitude, a great attitude, and the kid played a decent game for his first start. Had some decent stats. So the other thing is that the nation is taking notice. Michigan has moved up to number four in the polls. And, uh, you know, at this point it's still a beauty contest. Um, You know, I don't know... uh, You know, I don't know what you can take from those first two games. And... You know, we sit in these press conferences, and it's really kind of a game because you try to figure out what you want to ask the coach that he might answer on that particular day. And and the reality is, is like, well, coach, what can you get from these games where you really weren't challenged? And you know, Coach Harbaugh isn't going to diss the other team. He's not going to, you know, so. So you kind of know what he'd say. So you you want to find some way to pose the question that, you know, and and I think, you know, we saw Colorado looks to be a a little bit more of a legitimate threat. Um, You know, Michigan is still a 20-point favorite, but that's that's much less than the first two games. Um, You know, I tell you, the, the concern I have is it looks like Wisconsin might be the first big test. Now the good news is it's it's at home. So um, you know that's interesting. It's it's you know looking forward trying not to look too far ahead, but you know I look at the number four ranking and, and I really it seems a little high to me, Andy. As much as I you know I'm a I'm a fan and I love Michigan, it, it still seems a touch high at this point. Um, you know, what are your well, thoughts? The Michigan name, if they can do anything at all, if they have a decent team at all, they're always going to be overranked because uh, those rankings sell television spots and they can hype the game. ESPN loves it. If you've got a number one or two or three or four highly ranked team there, it's easy to sell the game. I don't think rankings mean anything about judging the quality of a football team until you get into November, and then maybe they do and even later in the year. So uh, they're just a toy that are used as a, that's used as a sales device to sell uh, television exposure of college football. And it works. I mean, it's great. Everybody wants, everybody will tune into a one versus two team. I don't care if it's the first game of the year and nobody has any idea how good any either team is unless they're Alabama. So... Uh, it's it's a game, but it's based on money, and it, it's based on selling television uh, to the public, merchandising games. 
I don't think it tells you a whole lot about how good Michigan is or how good Michigan isn't now, except that it is recognized that they do have more talent than they have had in the past few years. And they're under a coaching staff that has had, up until now, tremendous success uh, with the talent they have. So, uh, so much of the early rankings based on last year, unfortunately for our case, uh, they don't reflect that for us this year. So the ranking's okay, but it doesn't mean anything. Michigan well, wins. Well, I noticed that there was a bowl representative in the uh, in the press box. Uh, there was a person from the Tax Slayer Bowl, and uh, Lord help me if we end up in the Tax Slayer Bowl, just shoot me. Uh, no disrespect to Jacksonville, but never plan on going back. Um, so, so again, but but it is interesting that that you know, like you said, Michigan will always garner our attention, and. Uh, you know, again, you can <laughs> you can look at it. Um, you know, Wisconsin is looking to be a good game, and I know Coach Harbaugh would always say their next game is their most important game. But um, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking for something from Colorado. I want to see something from this team. You know, one of the things that Coach Harbaugh talks about is his team developing a callus. You know, you know, toughening up, and and I kind of want to. I kind of want to, you know, uh, you know, grunt a little bit that, you know, it, it's hard to imagine how tough you're getting from Hawaii and UCF. Um, you know, that, that's that's more of a more of a scratch than a callus. Um, you know, and no disrespect to those teams, but again, they're they're outmatched, they're outnumbered, outgunned, um, and and outplanned. So, um, you know, you, you you're not really seeing a lot. Um, and again, I mean, you know, I, I keep thinking back to the Hoke years. Michigan would run through the, you know, the, the quote-unquote preseason and, uh, you know, and struggle. Now, we definitely, you know, when I compare this season to last season, my gut says the offense and defense are both much better than last year. You can definitely see the cumulative, you can definitely see the cumulative total of, of the coaching and the talent. Um, right. You know now. You can take that. The banks are better this year than they were last year. And I know no you know. I know that you agree. Living up, you know, closer to Lansing than I do, that uh, you know, we really hope that that pays off uh, when they when they play Michigan State. But really, that's kind of where we're we're headed right now. Is that you look at the schedule and um, you really want to see. You want to see the quote-unquote signature win. And, and honestly, I don't know if beating Wisconsin at home is going to count as a signature win. I think that, you know, when you're Michigan, you know, you are judged by your rivals. And, you know, this year it's, it's, it's both of those games on the road. Well, they, they, they have a tough team. They, they have a decent running running game. Lots of things to be said for Wisconsin, and it looks like they're they're doing well. So they're going to be a challenge for Michigan. Every one of the big ten, ten teams will be a challenge. Even the worst of them uh, can challenge you. Sonny, uh, if you have a bad day, so they're they're all going to be they're all going to be a 
challenge, but some of them are going to be red-letter games, and certainly Michigan State and Ohio State and Iowa fit in that. If they can win two of those three, they'll be playing for the East. And if they can do that, you know, the sky's the limit for them this year. And this may be the year that they have to do it because they may be better this year than they are next year. That offensive line is problematic as it seemed at times. Now they're experienced, worked together a long time. You're going to lose the finest set of uh, receivers in captivity. When you look at Butt Chesson and Darbo, you know uh, a combination of three that's any better out there. You haven't heard of them. Those guys really offensively carry Michigan and pull Michigan out of troubles and make the plays and get the points so they get the first downs and gets the, get the touchdowns that they need to win. So those three have been critical. Now, whether behind them there are another three that are going to come up next year and be as good immediately right off the bat as they are is something that we got to wait and see again. So this is a prime year. It's a year that uh, is really going to test Harbaugh. We'll see what he's made of. We'll see what his team is made of. And it's going to be our privilege to sit back and watch all this because I think it's going to be quite a show. Well, looking at Colorado, you know, they won 56-7 last week. You know, that's not to be d- dismissed. So definitely, you know, they're undefeated. They're 2-0. So it's definitely going to be, um, at least on paper, a little bit more of a test and definitely a game I'm looking forward to. You know, it's going to be a 3.30 kick, so that's that has some interest there, too. Um, should be a bigger TV audience. Yes. Yeah. It, it has the earmarks of being a decent game, and we'll find out more about what Michigan is up to and what they're about. I don't know if we'll still have that vanilla taste in our mouth after we see the offense again, if he's going to pull a few, if he's going to open it up a little bit and and, and use um, some of the skills we know that they have and plays that we know that they have uh, to improve that running game. I think that's a big part of why... Uh, Smith is getting stopped all the time. He's either running off tackle on first down, very predictable. Then you know you want to load up and try to stop him. But did he ever have a couple of nice runs when he has some spectacular runs where he's just knocking people around and zigging this way and zagging that way and powering over people? A couple of them with very high determination. But if you ask him to do it from the three-yard line, you know, at first and, and goal, you know it's coming, they're going to stop it. That fullback has come along, too. Hill, Hill has really become a force. Well, and if we're going to call, point, you know, if we're going to point out that Devian Smith ran hard, Chris Evans had some nice hard runs, too. So yes, he did. I think that Devian definitely was letting, you know, putting the team, everyone on notice that he was still there. But Chris Evans answered yeah. the call. Um, you know, the, the thing that I'm going to look for this week is if I'm Colorado, I'm going to look to run screens at 
at those blitzes. And both uh, Hawaii and UCF just couldn't do it. They didn't have the offensive line to give their quarterbacks time. And they yeah. really don't run really good screens out of the out of the spread. I mean, that's really not what UCF was going to do. But again, looking at it, you know, every time you know you had your brill up, um, it, you know, it's a it's a vulnerability if you can if you can run there. So again, I'm going to be looking to see how Michigan can defend the screen. Um, you know, but we'll have a lot to talk about next week. That's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.